With the high density of myocardial capillaries for around 3000 to 5000 in every millimeter square of the cardiac tissue virtually there is one capillary for every myocyte and it's interesting to note the pressure gradient and the blood volume in the coronary vessels if you look at the pressure gradient between the aorta and the left ventricle the pressure in the during systole is 120 mm of mercury in aorta but in the left ventricle it's around 121 mm of mercury so that's a difference of minus 1 mm of mercury so no wonder that during systole there is reduced coronary blood flow to the left ventricle while if you look at the pressure in the left right ventricle during systole it's around 25 mm of mercury and the pressure in the aorta as i already mentioned is around 120 mm of mercury the difference is around 95 mm of mercury which helps in a healthy perfusion of uh, the right ventricle during systole there is an increased coronary blood flow as already mentioned during diastole the pressure in the aorta is around 80 mm of mercury while it is around zero in both left and right ventricles so there is a pretty healthy difference of 80 mm of mercury for perfusion of both left and right ventricles during diastole uh, there is increased coronary blood flow now if you look at the regulation of the coronary blood flow uh, you can basically discuss this under three headings auto regulation chemical regulation and neural regulation auto regulation it is the ability or the capacity of the tissue to regulate its own blood flow and in terms of uh, uh, auto regulation in coronary circulation it is the basic intrinsic basal myogenic tone which determines it to a large extent additional to that there are various factors like the local metabolism is the primary controller of the coronary blood flow especially the oxygen demand it's the most major factor here this mechanism works well when the nerves are removed also so it can continue to work in a person who's received a uh, 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 heart transplant too while if you look at the chemical regulation of coronary blood flow the fall in arterial po2 causes release of certain vasodilatory substances which leads to metabolic hyperemia and a ma- major substance amongst that is the adenosine we all know atp when energy is utilized gets converted to amp after it loses loses its energy rich phosphate compounds and finally gets converted to adenosine these adenosine phosphate compounds are good vasodilators of the coronary arteries additionally potassium hydrogen ion carbon dioxide bradykinin and prostaglandins also help in vasodilatation the nitric oxide is also an important regulator of coronary blood flow it's continuously produced by the endothelium and it helps in maintaining a basal blood flow if you look at the neural regulation of coronary circulation you have the sympathetic and parasympathetic divisions of the autonomic nervous system which supplies the coronary circulation the sympathetic nervous system on stimulation the direct effects of it is that it depends on the receptor present in that section of the coronary arteries if there are alpha receptors like in the epicardial vessels the stimulation of uh, sympathetic uh, division leads to vasoconstriction while if you look at 
the intramuscular vessels which are basically having a predominantly beta type of uh, sympathetic receptors beta stimulation leads to dilatation where parasympathetic nerve stimulation di- with a direct uh, effect is very mild so slight effect mild vaso dilatation whereas if you look at the indirect uh, effects of stimulation of these two uh, autonomic nervous system divisions the sympathetic nervous system you know on uh, in stimulation will always lead to increased heart rate it has four positive effects positive chronotropic inotropic dromotropic and bathmotropic effects if you remember correctly this increased heart rate and increased contractility will demand more oxygen so there is an increased metabolic rate and the cardiac oxygen consumption increases so this leads to a dilatation of the coronary arteries now indirect effect of parasympathetic stimulation on the other hand is that it slows down the heart rate it decreases the contractility and it decreases the oxygen consumption by the cardiac muscles so this causes constriction of the coronary artery to a small extent the effect of parasympathetic on the coronary circulation can be insignificant this apart we should also remember the various factors affecting the coronary blood flow like the mean aortic pressure the muscular exercise during exercise there is an increased demand for oxygen amongst the uh, uh, various muscles so that the coronary circulation has to be kept dilated in order to supply very well the heart which has to pump blood to all these uh, various muscles which are exerting during muscular exercise similarly strong emotions also can lead to vasodilatation in certain areas and in the heart has to work hard increase oxygen demand increase sympathetic nervous effects there is a vasodilatation while if there is gross hypotension of the body this could also be a challenge during which coronary circulation could increase hormones like the thyroid hormone epinephrine and norepinephrine and acetylcholine do have varying effects thyroid we all know increases the metabolic effects l everywhere increase oxygen demand and increases the vasodilatation while acetylcholine on the other hand is a parasympathetic neurotransmitter its uh, indirect effect is not very significant at higher heart rates uh, if the heart rate is say physiologically high and it within a limitation then it can be uh, a situation where because of sympathetic stimulation oxygen blood oxygen intake is increased and coronary vasodilatation does occur ions like potassium if they are low causes vasodilatation then there are various metabolic factors which i already mentioned uh, apart from potassium also cause uh, varying changes temperature warmth increases vasodilatation and increases the blood, coronary blood flow while cold constricts there are various methods to measure the coronary blood flow kt's methods or nitrous oxide technique is one favored method wherein the patient is asked to breathe 15% nitrous oxide for 10 minutes and the sample which is uh, uh, taken out to measure the arterial and coronary venous sinus blood is collected and we look use look to use the fix principle to measure the coronary blood flow in 100 g of tissue per minute which is given by this formula 100 into amount of nitrous oxide taken up by the myocardium divided by the arterio venous difference of the nitrous oxide concentration uh, we can also utilize various radionucleotides to study the 
the amount of coronary blood flow using tallium 201 distribution is directly proportional to the myocardial blood flow if there is ischemia there is low uptake if there is good vasodilatation there is a higher uptake uh, we use a gamma camera using this isotope thallium 201 or similarly technetium 99m stannous phosphor pyrophosphate is selectively taken up by infarcted tissue creating hot spots or we can of course clinically um, not the first two methods can be said are research based clinically coronary angiography is used 133 xenon is injected in coronary arteries x-rays and scintillation cameras are used to study the distribution and washout of the 133 xenon which provides a detailed analysis of coronary blood flow coronary artery disease basically is because of atherosclerosis and arteriosclerosis leading to thinning of the lumen and hardening of the lumen and in some people there is a different variant called as uh, uh, prince metal uh, angina where basically there could be a different mechanisms like spasm produced by certain chemicals coronary uh, blood vessel blockade leads to ischemic heart disease the signs and symptoms will be basically if the coronary arteries cannot supply enough blood to meet the oxygen demands of the heart it may result in chest pain called as angina which is of a typical nature it's on the left side of the chest retrosternal radiating to left arm or left ulnar border of the forearm or even the left ear and uh, their patient may feel highly uh, uncomfortable with sweating feeling of tightness or of a band uh, around the chest and uh, this if ignored the ischemic heart disease continues for some time it also be accompanied by shortness of breath and if the blockade is continued to grow some day when there is more than 80 to 85% of blockade can lead to uh, a thrombus coming and getting lodged in this and leading to a myocardial infarction which is a permanent damage risk factors for a coronary artery disease we all know age and gender usually occurs in individuals above 50 years earlier but nowadays with the modern lifestyle with the incidence of diabetes mellitus and hypertension at earlier age uh, uh, even the incidence of coronary artery disease in younger ages is uh, becoming more predominant uh, the male gender is more predominantly affected family history is one common thing there could be a genetic uh, tendency to have ischemic heart disease in these certain families smoking it said is a big risk factor for coronary artery disease similarly obesity obesity could be a big factor in many of the diseases like diabetes hypertension similarly in coronary artery disease diet and a very high strung lifestyle high fat high calorie diets and a very somber or a lifestyle where there is not much physical exertion sedentary lifestyle could also be one of the big risk factors for coronary artery disease basically there could be two of the different types of coronary artery disease either by thrombosis a thrombolytic drug that dissolves the clots may be administered coronary vasodilators can be given in the other type which is coronary vasospasm uh, see antiplatelet drugs and aspirins are commonly used to prevent the reoccurrence of clots in thrombosis in coronary vasospasm nitrodilators calcium channel blockers to reverse and prevent the vasospasm is used so blood flow can be otherwise improved by placing a stent within the vessel wall to expand the lumen or use an intracoronary balloon angioplasty to stretch the vessel wall 
uh, of course if the blockade is crucial in certain junctions where stent can't be placed then bypassing the diseased vessel with a vascular graft is the classical method which is tried thank you all for your patient listening